the time when uh, Elder Gatura invited me, I said, what kind of a church is Galland? He said, and those at Galland were more zealous than those of Thessalonica in that they studied the scriptures. And this morning in the Sabbath school lessons, I affirm that is very true. It's a church that uh, I like to, I like to, to preach on the book of Philemon. Is that fair? But I'll tell you what, the sermon is not ready. Is that fair? So we'll take 15 minutes to prepare the sermon together. Can we do that? Yes. And then I'll take the last 15 minutes to preach the sermon. So can we get the sermon ready? Yes. Open your Bible. To Philemon. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go to the book of Philemon. How many verses are there? How many? Oh, how many chapters are there? And how many verses? 25. I just want to make sure that our verses are together. What does verse 3 say? No, no. Is there not a verse there that says, whenever I think of you? What is it? Exactly, yes. What does it say? Yours says what? Now, let's get our Bibles together properly. Uh, what does verse 25 say? Everyone's Bible says, be with your spirit? Is there no one's Bible that says, be with you all? No? So we're good on 25. Okay, we are still not good on three. How come you say differently? Four says what? Oh, all right, all right. What I, what I enjoyed the most was the, the elder who introduced us this morning seemed to know everybody in this church. Did you notice that? And then I wrote that Quatura uh, went through his announcements and he seemed to know everybody in this church. He even remembered those that he forgot. <laughs> what does that verse say, verse 3 say? No, no, let's go with the other one. What verse is that? Oh, it's verse 4. Let's read that verse. What does it say? Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine if uh, Elder Gouture, each time he thought of everyone in here, if each time he thought of each one of us here, if he said, I thank God 
for you. Is that what Paul is saying? Let's get the sermon together, ladies and gentlemen, saints. <laughs> what does verse 4 say? That means when you think of tumor, what would you say to God? And what would you say about that? Exactly. Can you imagine that if we understood that every day when a member of Garland Church thinks of me, they not only thank God for me, but they are thankful. Gature. Say, God, I just thought about Gature as I'm driving. Lord, I pray that you bless Stanford, wherever he is. And for who he is, I thank you. Gratitude. Is that fair? Paul introduces that 25 verses with a positive statement, which says, we are brothers and sisters together. And when we carry each other's burdens, we'll also carry each other's joys. And when we think about each other throughout the week, we find something positive. Gentlemen, I didn't know you. You've a beautiful story. Can you imagine if on Tuesday evening when I'm driving on 30, I say, Lord, that gentleman who taught the children's story about lotion. And I just want to thank God for him. Now, Paul doesn't do it right. Is there somebody here who has, uh, I think it's Philippians 1 verse 3. Is there somebody who has Philippians 1 verse 3? What does it say? No, 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 ma'am. Not yet. Let's, let's go to Philippians. Yes. Yes, Philippians 1 3. No, that's not enough. No, there's a Bible that should say, and it brings me joy. What does it say? What verse is that? Yeah, that is the statement that Paul forgot. He has it in Philippians. He doesn't have it. In Philemon. So that Philemon's verse 4 should actually end with the statement that says, and it brings me joy. Now let's go back to that verse. Are we together? Yes. Is the sermon coming together? Yes. Can we say the sermon? The verse 3 says, I thank God for you. Each time I think of you, and it brings me what? Yeah, now, let's, 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 let's go into that thing. Let's go into that thing. Are we together? Yeah. It brings me what? Joy. Who doesn't like joy? A merry heart doeth good like a what? Medicine. So that when you have a joyful heart, when you have a joyful heart, you have joy, isn't it? 
and it is medicinal. Fair enough. When we pray for each other, we are thankful. But more than that, Paul says, it brings us joy. It brings us emotional, psychological, positive thoughts, energy that heals. Our bodies begin to, the doctor says to me one time, he said, that our bodies begin to produce a big English word, endorphins. Yeah. What are endorphins? Let's get the sermon together. <laughs> what are they? Happy hormones. Happy hormones. That which your body produces in order to keep you healthy. It's produced from within when your heart is merry. So the book of Philemon is addressing the question of not only the not yet, but the today. A state of good health. Because good health is wealth. Amen. Is that fair? Amen. Yes. I need to go back to verse 23. I mean, verse 25, verse 25. Yes, of Philemon. Let's stay with Philemon, man. We're getting the sermon together, aren't we? It's coming? Yeah. Let's look at verse 25. What does it say? The grace. What is grace? I know at church we always say unmerited favor. Isn't it? What is that? Something good you don't deserve. I look at some men around here that are standing, sitting next to some women, and you can tell in his own way, this man would never have found this beautiful wife. <laughs> some other high school boy would have taken this baby, isn't it? But for some reason, for some good reason, the young lady saw in this gentleman not his crooked nose, she saw something better behind that crooked nose. And suddenly the gentleman always say, my beautiful wife, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> you receive something on earth which you don't actually qualify for. Something that you don't deserve. Are we together? Yes, I need somebody to go to Psalm number 90. Psalm number 90. Psalm 90. Somebody find for me Psalm 90. And the last verse in Psalm 90. What does it say? The last verse in Psalm 90. 9 0. 9 0. What does it say? Let your what? Your favor rest upon. Your, say, your Bible says, let the favor. What does, what are the Bible say? Somebody says what? Thank you. Let the what? Of. Yeah, no, no. You talk about beautiful women and handsome gentlemen. You see what Psalm 90 says? Whose beauty? <laughs> we talk about that which you don't deserve. 
when we are limited to ourselves with the beautiful people around us, we are still limiting ourselves because there is a higher beauty that we are entitled to. And some Bibles, is there somebody who doesn't say, let the grace, that last verse in Psalm 90, do all Bibles say, let the beauty? Yours says approval. Yours says favor. Somebody else? The beauty. What? Refuge. Beautiful. Beautiful. The translators couldn't even find the actual adjective to explain. But let's go back to Philemon, to, to Philemon verse 25. Because I want us to put that together. The verse, last verse of 25 in Philemon. Yeah. Yeah. Where is your spirit? It says, be with your spirit, isn't it? What is your spirit? If the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is going to be with your spirit, then you better know where that grace is in the spirit, isn't it? So what is the spirit about you? Your heart? Your soul? Emotional intelligence? What do we... Until we can explain what our spirit is, the grace of our Lord might actually be living and abiding in our spirit, and we are not aware of it. Is that fair? Have you ever missed somebody? And just as you are missing them, your phone rings. And they are calling you. What do you call that? You call telepathy. You see, there are plants here. Is there somebody here who has house plants? You have house plants? Do you talk to your plants? <laughs> and if you go on vacation and you leave your plants with your neighbor, two weeks later you come back and you find your plants are all dead. But they've been watering them, isn't it? What's the difference? You see, we understand, we see these things every day. That there are people who have green hands. They can talk to their plants and plants mushroom. In my village, uh, there used to be ants who we knew should never prune any vine. An aunt, a lady, a lady, an auntie. Yes. Once they prune, the thing dies. <laughs> When they throw seed on the ground, it doesn't germinate. But there is somebody in the family we say, no, 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 hold that seed. And it Jeremiah. Because that lady, if she throws the seed, invariably it will produce in bounds. They have green hands. People who can speak to a plant, and the plant nourishes. 
I don't know what you want to call it. The English lady says, telepathy. Verse 25 says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That means there's a part of the human being that is connected to the divine being. We may never understand it. We may never explain it. But we see daily in nature. And if you can expect and feel someone in your spirit and while you are still thinking of them, telepathy. Is it possible? Or will I be doing bad exegesis when I say that there is telepathy between the spirit of the being with the spirit of the divine? And the divine is constantly. Verse 25 said what? May the grace. Exactly. So that Paul is simply saying he already knows that the spirit of the divine is always around us. And all he's saying to, the, to, to, to Philemon is be sensitive to that spirit because he's constantly guiding you. Is that fair? Yes. All he's simply saying is, and I'll tell you why Paul is doing this. Are we together? How many more minutes before 15 minutes are gone? You're not counting? Okay, okay. But we're still getting this someone together. All right. This thing happens in a very interesting way. The Bible is not very clear where this gentleman called Philemon lived. It could be in Colossae, definitely not in Corinth, definitely not in Rome. But wherever it was, when Paul was visiting Philemon, he met a gentleman called Onesimus. And Onesimus was a slave to Philemon. But somewhere along the line, Paul goes to Rome, a large city of a million and maybe more. But one day when he is in Rome, he meets a gentleman and he says, I know you. The guy says, no, you're going to report me to my boss. I know you, you are my, my boss's friend. I ran away and I stole some stuff from that guy. I, and Paul says, come here, my friend. You don't need to fear and live in fear. What connects me with Philemon is a man called Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I know you're a thief. I know you ran away. <laughs> I know you don't want to go back there. But listen, Philemon believes in the same Jesus that I believe in. And your heart will always be at restless until you find rest and peace, not only in God, but also in Philemon. So the days go by. Before I go there, what are the chances of Onesimus meeting Paul when Paul is in prison in a city of a million? What are the probabilities that these two individuals would meet in the city of Rome? One out of a million. Therefore, we can only 
Jesus, that the reason that they met is divine. Because silently, in the background of each human's life, God is silently orchestrating his own will in our lives. Jeremiah puts it differently, isn't it? He says, I have plans to prosper you. I have said that daily, God is orchestrating his will in our lives. Am I right if I say God operates with us individually? So that your experience of God and my experience do not have to be the same. God will approach you in his own way. Now, I'll tell you, we are from Zimbabwe. This young man is still young. In my days, I'm much older than him. If you saw a beautiful lady in high school and you wanted to approach her, you needed to have some good, sweet lies. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, some sweet lies. Yes, sweet lies. Yes, you have to approach her and say, Hey, man, you look so good like the bone of a Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> but if she was not that kind, if she was more poetic, then you'd say, man, your smile face the clouds away. You know, you had to find some sweet lie. And then her ears would begin to be attentive to you. Fair enough? Fair enough? Fair enough? You had to find words that attracted her into your orbit. And on a personal level. On a what? Personal level. Because if they were in the dormitory, and the girls were talking at the dormitory about what was happening at school, and the girl repeated the same words that the gentleman shared with this lady, and the same words that he came. No, 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 no. He didn't work. Oh, no, that boy is a player. Forget about him. <laughs> He's using an old line. That line was, is a cake. It's no longer even in fashion. You needed to be current, individual, specific to that particular situation. And I'm suggesting, dear friends, that you say divine. The divine orchestrates, works with us individually. And with Onesimus, for whatever reason, he put him in the path of Paul. And Paul had the message of Jesus Christ. Now, let's go back to Onesimus. Onesimus knows what he has done, and he's run away. But then Paul says to him, I'm writing a letter. Is there a verse in there that he says, I'm writing it with my own hands? Did you see that verse? Verse 19. What does it say? We're not sure. If he was writing it, is he saying, I'm signing the check to say it's me who will pay you back? Or all along when he was writing, he was talking, and someone else was writing. 
possible, isn't it? Yes. But he actually says, <clears throat> my friend, now that you are a Christian, now that you have embraced the God of Philemon, the God that I worship, I am writing this and writing it in my own hand. And I am taking the letter and I am giving it to you to take to Philemon. Now, just think about that. You stole, you ran away. You are in a Roman kingdom where you are still a slave. So that if you go back to Philemon, he has the right not only to beat you up, he has the right to kill you because you are his property. But on the strength, on the strength of a letter from Paul, a friend to Philemon, Onesimus takes 25 verses and he goes back to his master. Now, now you are Philemon. You're looking and you're seeing that slave that ran away stole your money walking towards you. What's your first reaction? Man. And if you speak French, what do you say? No, no French. No French. <laughs> but look at what Paul is thinking. Paul knows Philemon. Paul knows who? Philemon. And Paul knows that when this fellow is coming through the gate and simply says, the letter is from Paul, before Philemon can react, he will read the letter from Paul. My friend, if I ask for, do you have a Bible? Or look for John 17, John 17, verse 3. If I came to you this afternoon after church and I said, can you please lend me $1,000? Chances are you won't, isn't it? Because I have no credit score Correct. in your book. Correct. <laughs> there is no reason to trust me. Correct. None. Right. You can't risk taking your money to a man you don't know. But there are people in this church that know you. There are people in this church that you know. If they approach you and say, just a thousand, please. You know exactly that there is something in trouble in this man. And when he says you'll bring it back next week, his word is his bond. John 17, 3, what does it say? This is eternal what? Life. That they do what? Paul knew Philemon. And he pleads in that whole chapter that accept this man no longer as a slave, but as a brother. Just like you'd accept me. Take him back. And treat him no longer as a slave. Paul knew. And John 17, 3 says, it is life eternal that we may know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. I'm simply saying to your friends, 
when we get to know God, when we get to do what? And, 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 and the, the, let me put it into perspective. John 3.16 says, this, uh, For God so loved the world that whosoever what? That's in John 3.16. After Jesus has spent three years with his disciples and he has shown them God, in 17, let's go together. Don't stay behind me. In John 3, he talks about Believing faith. In 17, after the disciples have seen God in Jesus Christ, we are passed through faith. We are now in the world of knowing God. Are we together? Yes. yes. Faith is good. Faith is good. But knowing God is exactly where we are going to. And when we know him, then <laughs> we can do like Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yes. It's not easy to get there. No. And then between Paul and Philemon, there had been so much experience that Paul is asking Philemon to do something very difficult. Left alone. Left alone. Left alone. If a slave walks towards your house, has the audacity to come back knowing what he did, but comes back to you. Left alone. Your immediate reaction is to have a plan for him, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. You have a plan for him. And it's very easy. You guys drive in Texas roads. If someone, if you're arriving here on 635 and someone cuts right in front of you, what's your immediate reaction? <laughs> exactly. Give him the Texas salute. Oh. <laughs> Are there people who do that? And maybe there was a time when you could have done that. But as you get to know God more and more, and someone cuts right in front of you, somewhere along the line, Gaturi, your reaction must change. It must change. When you know God, you must be able to say, maybe he's just having a bad day. <laughs> Lord, wherever he's rushing to, just be with him. That thing that in theology they call sanctification has been working in your spirit. And so Paul knew that Philemon had been worked by this Holy Spirit. That when Onesimus approaches him, before he reacts, before he, judge, he passes judgment, he will factor in the spirit of the Lord which abides in him. Paul is teaching us the power of forgiveness. Can I conclude this thing? Can I go back and preach? Oh, all right. <laughs> Paul is telling us that you can do your comparative religions. Study Muslim, Shinto, Buddha, 
African traditional religions, name it. They have different ways by which our spirit connects with the divine being. But according to Philemon, our spirit connects with the divine being because of what Christ does on Calvary. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And friends, brothers and sisters, when we begin to learn to say, God, forgive her in spite of what she has stolen from me, for she knows not what she's doing. I'm saying in all religions of the world, the strength, the quality, the beauty of the Christian religion is that it is based on the concept of forgiveness. I grew up in a home where every evening during prayer, we recited the Lord's Prayer. And one statement that we always went through is, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses, isn't as we forgive those who trespass against us. There is healing when we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us how to forgive. Can, can, can I break it down a little more? It just seems as if the greatest pains are caused by people that we love. Is that fair? People that I don't care for, they do. I just look at myself. Chuma, keep going. <laughs> but the people that are close to us, the people that we are vulnerable to, are the people that have the greatest opportunity to cause us pain. And those are the people who are most difficult to forgive. That is the book of Philemon. Paul says to Philemon, the slave that walked in your aisle, in your kitchen, in your living room, the, the slave that cooked, prepared your meals, the slave that you gave air conditioning to, is the one who turned around, stole, and ran away. But, but, because we share the same spirit of Jesus. I want you to do something that the average man will not do. But I'm simply saying that the ability, the ability to forgive, even those that have trespassed against us, does not take the human being's strength and attitude alone. It takes the spirit of the Lord to live and abide in us. It takes that. And when we know God, when we know God, then we begin to understand John 3.16. It took the initiative of God to come out of himself to reconcile us unto himself. And Paul is simply saying, he expects that of Christians. If wherever Philemon was, 
Each time he thought of the thief, the slave who stole and ran away. If ever, wherever he was, he always would say, Lord, I pray for that slave, wherever he is. Is it possible that that is why in a city of a million people, behind the scenes, God answered the prayer of a lemon and said, man, if that boy die in his sins without being forgiven, he's not going to do well. So God orchestrates that Paul meets Onesimus and they talk about the gospel. And when they are done with the gospel, Paul says, my friend, Philemon will accept you. Take this letter and go back and make things right. In the meantime, Paul is saying, may the Holy Spirit of God work with Philemon so that when that guy approaches, it is not Philemon responding. It is the Holy Spirit within him responding. And the deal is done. And I'm simply saying to your friends, I'm simply saying to your friends, each one of us is probably a walking wounded. Each one of us is probably what? And if you are not walking wounded yet, keep on walking. <laughs> Something will happen. Some onismus will come into your life and do you wrong. And when he does, the demands of the gospel, the demand of the gospel is simple. Forgive us our debts, even as we forgive them our debts upon us. The responsibility still remains within us to say, Father, forgive her. Father, forgive him, for he now knows what he's doing. I'm simply saying it takes more than tumor to respond in forgiveness. It takes the spirit of the Lord to live and abide in us. And it's possible. If it was good for Philemon, it will happen to us. And verse 4 says, whenever I do so, whenever I even pray for my enemies, it brings me joy. <laughs> you can study all religions. You will not find a religion that reconciles relationships and addresses social relationships like the Bible, like the Jesus religion. It is the only religion that seems to be able to reconcile not only human beings, but the human being with his God. I conclude. And that which we focus on is what increases. Can I say that again? That which we focus on in life is what increases. Fair enough? When your wife begins to cook bad food today and you verbalize it, tomorrow again you say it, before long perception becomes 
what you focus on is what increases. Therefore, the book says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. I'm simply saying Paul had come to a knowledge of that Jesus Christ. And because he knew it in his life, he could expect it from Philemon. He could instruct it to Onesimus. And just maybe he is instructing it to us. Philemon is 25 verses, the shortest of Paul's writings. But <clears throat> it is not theological. <laughs> it is practical. He simply says, release your positive energy by learning to forgive. He's simply saying, place your eyes upon Jesus and learn from him. He's simply saying, allow your spirit. Somebody read the book. Before they call upon me, I'll do what? How can you do that? It's because even before you pray, he already knows. He is in your spirit. Let me go and preach my sermon. I'm simply saying, dear friends, might not say God's revelation to humanity is personal. God's relationship with us is based on his love for us. I'm simply saying the book of Philemon simply says we show a transition. Why did I come back here? I'm supposed to stop, but I can't stop with this one. I have to explain this one. Somebody has Galatians chapter 4. Please, give me two more minutes. Give me two more minutes. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 or 7. My, my point number three simply says, it shows the transition from slavery to kinship based on love and forgiveness. Let me close my Bible before I have another sermon. Let's go to Galatians 4, verse 7, and let's conclude this thing. Somebody found it? What does it say? My father died in 201. He was in Zimbabwe. <clears throat> and the fellow had, 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 had gone to his lawyers and, uh, and uh, had signed uh, the, what they call a will, isn't it? Yes. yes. Now, I'm the oldest of four children, of five children. I have three sisters and one brother. So the sister who was in Zimbabwe, after the death of the old man, the sister goes to the lawyer and defines my father's will. And the will says, it says, I give 68% of what I own to my son, Mark Heavens, who is this one, yours truly. And uh, my sister, who is in Zimbabwe, visits my sister and I here in Texas. She lived in Bowie. And so the one in Zimbabwe comes with word of mouth. And she tells my gender, <laughs> my gender, yes, my tail. She says to her, Dad said 
brother, Mark will get 68% and everything, and he will distribute the rest to his siblings as he sees fit. My gender says, no, daddy can't do that. <laughs> there is no way that you can be given 68% and the four of us remain Divided, that means 8% each. Basically, the Pharaoh is giving you everything. And then there was the statement underneath, as he sees fit. I'm not gossiping about my sister, I love you. When she read that, she said, no, Bong, you are not telling the truth. I want to see the will itself. I'm not going to hear your word of mouth. And my sister, Bongi calls her husband in Blauai, Zimbabwe. And says, please, fax dad's will. And my brother-in-law faxes dad's will. And we're still talking Saturday evening around the house. And that flex mission, the thing comes out. And my sister reads the thing. And she looks at her husband and says, I don't understand how dad could give 68% to just you. Uh, what does Galatians 4 verse 7 say? <laughs> you said, hey, what is that? What? I told my sister, I said, go and read. <laughs> I told my sister, go and read Galatians chapter 4, verse what? They are sons and daughters, but they are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. And Paul says, Philemon, accept him back no longer as a servant, no longer as a slave, but as a brother in Jesus Christ. But there's a higher grade. Galatians puts it wisely. He says, we are no longer slaves. We are sons and daughters of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And I'm simply saying, dear friends, whatever God wills for Jesus, he wills for us. Amen. Let us pray. Let's conclude with God's prayer. Is that fair? Yes. Together, please. Let's go with trespasses, not with debts. Let's go with trespasses. Well, yeah. Together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.